I'm afraid I have some bad news for you. You are no longer listening to the sounds of the street, or perhaps the sounds of the road trip you're on, or maybe even the sounds of your bedroom as you're just kind of chilling out, having a good time. No, I'm afraid your ears have been transported into my domain. You are now listening to the Hall of Heroes, a place where all the greatest tales of heroism across all of space and time are kept, and I am their keeper. You may call me the Archivist, and this is the Saga of the Shining Emblem Gaiden, a companion podcast to one of the greatest live shows ever created. Oh, that? Yes, I thought you might notice that twinkling of ivory keys you mortals know as music. That is a very special associate of mine. That is the super auxiliary musician. He's a very talented man, but only when hooked up via aux cables. None of that coaxial business. He's not quite up to USB-C yet. Still working his way through the cords. Now then, good people, I like to introduce every episode by talking about the tenets of what makes a hero. What are the pillars, the foundations upon which heroism is made? And today, I'll be speaking on quests. What is a quest? What makes a quest? Well, my good people, quests can happen at any moment, any time you undertake a task. That is a quest. Any time you hear a call to adventure and have no choice but to follow it, that is a quest. A quest can be anything from finding the chalice of Bagadul, or emptying the kitty litter because it's gotten a bit too full lately and you're worried that they might start overstepping their boundaries. Quests can be noble, quests can be great, but they can also be villainous and tyrannous, so you must be careful. Make sure you choose your quests carefully. And that is why I ensure you all that there is a system in place for just such a thing. Quest Magazine can be yours now, with any payment of $9.95. Once a month, it will be delivered to your door. It is a magazine with many great articles, opinion pieces. There are also pictures, two pictures side by side. They have differences in the pictures. You have to determine where the differences are in the pictures. There's also one picture. This is my favorite part of Quest Magazine where there are objects hidden within the picture and you have to find them. Sometimes there's a trombone in the bark of a tree. Other times a child is is riding on a swing that looks like a drum. Uh, Last month's theme was music, so there was a lot of instruments hidden about. So please, good people, sign up today. Use the promo code archivist123456789210. Seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, 
to get 10% off your first order. However, there will be an additional 10% put on your next month's order. Thank you very much. And without further ado, we are going to take a brief break from one of our sponsors and then return with more of the saga of the Shining Emblem, Gaiden. The world of adventure is changing, and so are the skills heroes need to complete their quests. Can you cast a curse over Twitter? What is the proper role of emoji in a rousing speech? Does your scooter qualify as a trusty steed? At Hall of Heroes University, we're offering state-of-the-art courses taught by real accredited heroes to help you keep up with the pace of change. Enroll today for courses in Bluetooth curses, meme transmogrification, and yeeting, along with many other transformative lessons in heroism. The iPhone of adventure is buzzing. Are you ready to answer the call? Hall of Heroes University. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the saga of the Shining Emblem Gaiden. I hope you enjoyed the products and or services you just heard about, and will consider buying all of them to help support this program. Now it is one of my favorite parts of the show, where I will use my blackest, darkest of magics to conjure forth a random citizen of the mortal plane and send them on a quest for the Shining Emblem. Behold, as I enact my ancient magics. And it is done. He is here. He has arrived. Welcome. Welcome. I'm sure you're confused. You look very confused. What's all this? What is all this goo? Oh, where I'm am sorry I? About that. It's dark in here. I'm so sorry about that. I was interviewing a ghost last night. And oh. he, he left ectoplasm. Oh, oh I feel covered place. in plasm. I'm so sorry um, about I, that. I, uh, well, I, I. It seems this, you seem very familiar to me, sir. I, I feel like I've I've heard you before. Oh, you might be a fan. It's entirely possible. I come in many forms. I, I like to appear in the dreams of random citizens uh, from time to time to urge them towards their destinies. Please, brave soul, tell us, what is your name? I'm Richie Pepio. Well, hello, Mr. Pepio. I'm so glad that you could be with us today. And Richie, I have something very exciting for you for today. You are going to have a chance at greatness. You will have the opportunity to quest for the Shining Emblem, an object that, should you find it, you will be granted one wish, anything your hearts desire. How does that sound to you? That sounds great to me. I've just been sitting around doing nothing. So, honestly, that's probably the real... I'm not... uh, I I don't feel like you took me away from anything important. I was just sitting around playing Tetris. I'm so glad. Well, I would consider Tetris to be an important endeavor. It teaches you about Tetronomos and different shapes comprised of four blocks, which is an important skill to master and a skill that perhaps could come in handy on your quest. So make sure you gird yourself well. Prepare your wits. Prepare your bravery, for you never know what can occur on a quest. And so, good Richie. 
we shall begin our quest in earnest. I shall serve Let's as go. your narrator and play every character you interact with. So, Richie, are you ready to quest for greatness? I think I'm as ready as I'll ever be. Beautiful. That's exactly the answer I was hoping to hear. Very Thank well, you, then. Your quest begins now. Your quest begins in that same place where all great quests begin. At the Grand Canyon. Our hero, Richie, finds himself standing on a precipice overlooking a great gorge deeper than he's ever seen any gorge possibly be deep. He's looking down, taking various snapshots with his disposable camera when he notices an eerie silence has filled the air around him. What is normally populated with busy tourists chirping about suddenly seems to be totally empty. It is in that moment when he notices a large black SUV pull into the parking lot of the Grand Canyon and five large men in black suits step out. They all look identically imposing, all of their faces obscured by large aviator sunglasses, and they approach you almost entirely in sync with their footsteps. When they have you entirely surrounded, the largest one looks you in the eyes and says, If you know what's good for you, you'd best be leaving the Grand Canyon right about now. Capiche? What do you do? I say, who do you think you are threatening me on my vacation? The men who are you? each other, and they begin to chuckle. <laughs> this guy thinks he's a tough guy. Hey, oh, we got a tough guy here, everybody. Who are we? Better question is, who are you? They all look at you with their arms on their hips, ready to strike with disappointment. What do you reply? Uh, I I'm Richie. I, uh, I'm here alone on vacation, trying to make the most of my quarantine. Uh, I couldn't help but notice that you have uh, kind of a New York tri-state area generic accent. Um, maybe we hail from the same part of town. I am from New York City as well. Oh, whoa, hey, hold on a minute. You from New York? Yeah. We're from New York. Okay, okay. Wait a minute. We didn't realize that you were one of our own. Hey, oh, we got this guy all wrong. Oh, yeah. my apologies. My apologies. Allow us to introduce ourselves. We are the famous Familia. You may uh, have uh, heard of us. Uh, we uh, own a very popular chain of Italiano uh, restaurants. Yeah, yeah I've, I've had pizza at your place before. It's pretty good. Well, yeah, it is pretty good, but it's about yeah. to be a whole lot better. Because, you see, these guys are undertaking a new project where we're going to be turning the entirety of the Grand Canyon into the country's largest pizza oven. What? We're going to be making pizzas in the Grand Canyon using the natural rocks as a heating source 
to make, you know, calzones and strombolis and So you're just using pies. this stretch of the Grand Canyon? Or are you claiming no, all of it? No, I, I, no, we're claiming all of it, baby. We're turning the whole thing into a big pizza oven. How does one get the rights to that? How does one get the rights to it? Well, we're taking it. That's how we're getting the rights. It's called eminent domain. We're here, and now it's ours. You got a problem with that? I, I don't have a big problem with that as long as it's going to keep me from enjoying the beautiful sights of the Grand This is my first time here, okay? I've flown over many a time, but I've never actually enjoyed it. You going to cut my trip short? Unfortunately, I'm afraid that uh, everybody's got to get out of here so we can begin construction. We're going to fill the whole thing with concrete, and then we're going to start digging into that concrete to build our pizza ovens. It makes perfect sense. I don't want to hear any questions about it, you know? You're starting to get on my nerves, bucko. You're starting to be a real wise guy. You seem like you might be a problem. Are you a problem we're going to have to take care of? Uh, no, I don't want to be a problem because I see there's six of you and one of me. But I just want to know yeah. where I can go to enjoy the rest of my hard-won vacation. Oh, you hear that, boys? He wants to enjoy his vacation. All right, tell you what. Why don't we give you a front row seat? And with that, the six men grab you, lift you up over their heads, oh and hurl ah! you into the Grand Canyon. Ah! You're plummeting faster and faster. Oh my God. You notice there are branches sticking out from the side of the canyon. You only have seconds before your body smashes to the ground, killing you instantly. What do you do? I grab for the branches. I grab for the nearest branch and hang on for dear life. Our hero, Richie, reaches out, grabs hold of one of the tree branches, and it buckles under his weight, but just barely stays attached to the canyon wall, slowing his descent. Our hero is now dangling from a tree branch, hanging off the side of the Grand Canyon. It seems as though this might be the end of the road, but just when all hope is lost, he hears a voice calling from him nearby. Hello! Hello over there! Are you in need of assistance? Oh, yeah. It's unclear where the voice is coming from. Hello! Do you want us to help you? Sir... Sir, wherever you are, please, please help me. I don't want to die. We're on our way. And in that moment, you find that you are once again surrounded, but this time it's by a much kinder, gentler group, a group of men all dressed in red fancy suits with uh, uh, those, those brown hats. They're Mounties. They're Canadian Mounties. Oh my God. All around you. Six of them, just as identical as the mobsters you encountered before. Hello there, eh? We're the Canadian Mounties. We were hired to come and patrol the Grand Canyon because the Parks Department was a little, uh, a little overworked and they needed some relief and, well, we weren't doing much, so we came down south here to help out. And it's a good thing we came when we did. Come, hop on. They pull you onto their backs and slide down to the bottom of the gorge. You are now resting in what some would call a valley of kings, 
surrounded by six of the kindest, handsomest, generic white men you've ever been encountered. What were you doing hanging off that branch, eh? I got tossed. I got thrown off by the familia. Whoa, hold on now. Slow down there, cowpoke. Somebody threw you over the ledge and into the canyon? Well, who would have done such a thing? These familia? Yeah, six guys. Well, who are these guys? Six identical, ger- generic-looking henchmen wearing the same clothes, threateningly reaching towards whatever they had holstered by their hips. They threatened me, and then they tossed me overboard when I said I wanted to enjoy my vacation. Luckily, I survived. Here oh, I no. Well, what were these men doing here? Well, you guys have been on security. Have you seen anything suspicious these past few days? Well, we've been patrolling, but mostly to make sure that people are leaving the squirrels alone and not trying to capture them for resale. Well, I think maybe you were a little distracted because there are some shady guys in a shady-looking black SUV. I think it was a black SUV, I think. And and they said that they were going to turn this whole place into one giant pizza oven, which does... Pizza yeah. oven? Oh, no, well, we can't allow that. No. Tell you what, maybe you could help us. Would you be interested in joining the Mounties? Well, I, I mean, I don't know what kind of training program you have. I, I'm on vacation. I still have a couple more days left. So if you have an accelerated uh, uh, kind of uh, training process in mind, I'd definitely be sure to do that. Sure thing. All you have to do to join in the Canadian Mounties is to go through this valley here and find the King of the Squirrels. If you can get his approval, then you can be a Mountie. And in fact, while you're talking to the King of the Squirrels, ask him if he'll help us in stopping these dastardly New Yorkers. Well, Think you can do that for sure. us? Sure, is that the reason why I'm looking for him? Or I have to look for him to become a Mountie? And also if I happen to find... Okay, okay. It's what we Canadians call two birds, one stone. Oh, we say that in America too, but great. Oh, wow, you must have gotten it from us. <laughs> Maybe, maybe. I, I have to look that up when I have a thesaurus on me. Um, uh, sure. Well, how do I know what he looks like? How, do, how does he look any different from any other squirrel? He's got bright golden fur. Oh. And not only that, jewels encrusted in his fur. Red, green, blue jewels. You'll know because he shines like the morning sky. Okay. I, I'm starting to sound a little bit Irish, so I'm going to leave now and uh, wish you the best of luck. Thank you. That sounded a little like Kermit the Frog. And with that, <laughs> with that, they all climb on each other's shoulders, making a human ladder and climb up the gorge. You are now alone in this vast and windy gorge. On your left and on your right, there are two caves, each of them howling with a menacing aura. And in front of you, you see a large arrow painted on the ground that says, This way, where do you go? I feel like the arrow painted on the ground this way. I don't know what that means. Which how, Do they know I'm looking for the king? I'm going to go... Righty, tighty, lefty, Lucy. I'm going to go into the right cave, the cave on the right. A hero bravely steps into the menacing cave on his right, 
and once he enters inside, he finds it to be pitch black. He can hear the sound of bats sleeping above his head. He pulls out a lighter to try to illuminate the cave further, but just as he does, a swarm of bats swoops down oh, and surrounds oh, his head. No. They're screeching. Beep, 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 beep. They sound like uh, the computer beeps all around him because they are, in fact, robot bats. What? They seem to be encircling him closer and closer, going in for a kill. If he doesn't act quickly, these robot bats could devour him to recharge their power cells. What do you do? Oh, well, I think I, I have to um, run out of this cave. <laughs> Our hero bravely abandons his hastily chosen cave and runs back into the sunlight. Thankfully, robot bats are deadly afraid of sunlight and retreat back into their robo-cave. A hero now once again finds himself at a crossroads with an arrow pointing straight ahead of him that says, this way, and another menacing cave to his left. I might as well try that other cave. Just to see. I don't want to, I won't exhaust all my options. So I know that path forward probably extends a long way. Steps into the cave on his left. He is once again met with the pitch dark blackness that seems to consume all light that there ever was. In that moment, he hears a low rumbling, a low growling that could only be the sound of a grisly bear. The bear seems to be asleep. Perhaps if Richie could retreat quietly, he could make it out of the cave, or perhaps even sneak by the bear and see what riches lie inside. I will what try do you do? to sneak by the bear. Is there anything else in here other than the bear? Are there like carcasses? Are there bones? Uh, there's, there's various uh, skeletons uh, wearing Viking helmets <laughs> and with swords and shields. They've clearly been here a long time. <laughs> they came to the Grand Canyon before we even <laughs> called it the Grand Canyon. Uh, they probably Vikings called beat us it to everything. Wide Lifleur, which I believe is Viking for canyon. Um, That's I'm correct. gonna creep a little further in. <laughs> They're sleeping. Uh, you said there might be riches inside, narrator. Let's take a step further in. Our brave hero begins tiptoeing past the bear, the sleeping bear. It is when he's close enough to the bear that he realizes that this is no ordinary bear. It is, in fact, a robot bear. A solid gray skin and various flashing lights and a large metal jaw. It is currently in sleep mode, recharging its battery. Just as Richie is about to sneak past the bear, he feels his foot get caught on something. Something thin and wiry. Richie, you have to take very careful steps now to make sure that you don't disrupt this bear or make any undue noise. What do you do to loose yourself from this obstruction? I slowly reach down. <laughs> I try to remove it. I just remove it from my feet. Whatever is on there. Wires. My feet are tangled. Your feet are tangled up in wires. I slowly try, and I, I bend over slightly, and I try to remove the wires with my hands. 
as our hero is tugging on the wires, the bear begins to stir from its slumber. Rar, rar, beep, boop, beep, boop, the bear says as it slowly climbs to its hind legs, raising its arms in a bear-like swipe. But just before its robo-paw can come down and take off the face of our hero, it freezes completely still. In that moment, our hero looks down and notices that the wires were no ordinary wires. This was, in fact, the bear's plug, plugging him into the wall and in tugging on them to free himself. He has unplugged the bear, depowering it entirely. How do you like that hibernation, robot bear? The bear is completely still, and the path forward is now unguarded. It is in that moment that Richie sees a pile of treasures. Treasures more glistening and golden than anything he's ever seen before. And on top of the pile, he sees what looks to be the most valuable object he's ever seen. A small golden squirrel statue encrusted with jewels. And next to that... A large sword, a broad sword with a solid gold hilt, and the, the, the blade is made out of winning lottery tickets. It is one of the most valuable items you could possibly <laughs> imagine. Hanging above these two treasures, you see a sign that says, You may take only one. What do you do? I take the golden squirrel statue. Our hero goes to take the golden, so- the golden squirrel statue, and as he lifts it from the pedestal, he hears a loud rumbling, and he turns to see the sword is now floating in midair. And then two little arms made of hundred-dollar bills come out, and two legs made out of rolls of quarters, and a face begins to form on the blade. The face looks at Richie and says, Oh, I see. I'm not good enough for you, is that it? All right then, mister. You're about to get stabbed by my blade made of winning Powerball tickets. Take this! The blade begins rushing right at our hero. What does he do? Uh, I say... Wait! (laughs) Wait! Wait! Stop! Stop! Don't! Please! I <laughs> The blade stops in midair. Yes, I'm listening. Nobody told me that you had feelings. I had no idea. I'm trying to find the squirrel, the king squirrel. I thought maybe this would appease him. Uh. Oh, well, I didn't realize that you were specifically looking for that one. I, I'll be honest, I don't handle rejection super well. I... I tend to just lash out in all these moments. Uh, my therapist says that it's something I really need to work on. I'm very thin-skinned. Tell you what, why don't I come with you and protect you from all danger as a way of making it up to you? Does that sound like a good deal? <laughs> that, sounds, that sounds like fun. I feel like we'll get along swimmingly. I've been looking for a sidekick. Well, great. Golly good, I'm glad to hear it. And now... I'm your companion for life. Can I just say life. something real quick? He's... What, can oh, I, what yeah, should I call of course. you? Should I call you Thorny? What do you prefer? Uh, uh, my name is uh, uh, my name's Powerball. Powerball the sword. Powerball the sword. Power. Let's just. I'm just gonna call mm-hmm. you Powerball. Just say like we're cool. Um, yeah, of course. I did not. This is a totally new side of you. 
I gotta say, I was not expecting you to open up like this. I've been doing a lot of I've been doing a lot of self help work. I've been trying to center myself and really, you know, I don't know, self actualize. You know, I'm I'm trying to stop closing people I out. I gotta of my say, life. I think that's really good for crisis management. I think that's great. Um. Yeah. Well, thank you. And this is exactly why I think we're going to make such a good you, team. This, what a turn. Because y- you get what me. What a turn. I get you. You get thank me. Thank you. I'm looking for the king squirrel. I mean, I feel like you've been here for a while, or as long as, as old as your Powerball ticket hands are. Um, uh, would you be able to direct me to the king squirrel? Well, first of all, my blade is made out of Powerball tickets. It's my hands are $100 bills. Sorry. Uh, Second of all, uh, Buster Brown, you're holding them. And in that moment, you hear a voice coming from the hand holding the statue. That's right, buddy. You've been holding me the entire time. Look down here, will yous? It's me, the King Squirrel. Looking down. Our hero sees that the statue he was holding was in fact a living creature this entire time and is speaking directly to Richie. Yep, that's me. I'm the King Squirrel. I heard you had some kind of request for me. Uh, What do you want? Uh, First of all, I really, I think I want to recoup my vacation because I feel like it has been changed dramatically. Secondly, I I came here because I love the majesty. Of the Grand Canyon. Oh, you and me both. And I feel like, if you don't know them, these guys from the Familia Corporation, not only did they throw me down here, but they want to ruin everything that's great about this uh, natural beauty. And uh, maybe we can find a common enemy in them and save the Grand Canyon. Hey, you know what? That sounds like a good deal to me. I hereby dub you an official Canadian Mountie, as is my duty as King of Thank the Squirrels. <laughs> I, and I, also I pledge that. myself and my squirrel army. <laughs> yes, I, I, knew, I knew you did. I could tell. <laughs> I could tell. I also pledge myself and my entire squirrel army to your cause. And uh, with that, we can uh, get out of here. In that moment, just when you are ready to leave with your new band of misfits, you hear the distinct sound of a gun cocking. Not so fast there, boyo. And out from the shadows emerges six familiar figures. Or should I say six familiar figures. (laughs) (laughs) It is the the mobster guys you ran into from before. All six of them training guns on you and your friends. We'll be taking that squirrel there you gots. And that sword, too. You ain't gonna be stopping nothing. All yous is gonna be stopping is these bullets with your heart when all of our bullets go through your heart and they stop in there and kill yous. That's what's gonna happen now. Boys, let's take them out. They all train their weapons on you. This looks pretty bad. What do you do? I... If I can move this fast, and, and narrator, please feel free to negate this, but uh, I plug in the robot bear <laughs> and hide behind Our hero him. Richie drops to the floor and begins rolling across the floor as if the building he was in was on fire, <laughs> quickly like lightning rolling over to the cables for the robot bear and plugs them into the wall. 
The bear springs to life and turns on the six mobsters. Oh no, not a bear. That's all weakness. Bears and pizza don't mix. Ah! The bear begins mauling the six men horribly. No, ah, ee, oh no, oh, who will make the pizzas now? The bear mauls all the six men and then turns on you. But before it can strike, it looks as though it's run out of batteries again and returns to sleep mode. You've done it. You've killed the six men that were threatening you in your vacation. Hey, great job, the Squirrel King says from your hand. Now I suppose I can show you my true form. And with that, the squirrel begins hovering out of your hand and transforms into a glittery, golden, shining emblem. It is the most beautiful thing you have ever seen. And the light fills your eyes with wonder and glee. You hear a voice echoing in your mind. Hello, Richie. I am the Shining Emblem. You've done well to destroy these pizza manufacturing entrepreneurs. And because of your bravery, uh, you have done a service to the Canadian Mounties. And so I grant you one wish. Anything your hearts desire. What do I you want wish you for? to enact legislation that protects the Grand Canyon for many generations to come. Very well. Thank it you. shall be done. And with that, a brilliant bright light fills Richie's eyes. And when the light clears, he finds himself standing on the floor of the Senate. All of the senators are standing up, giving him a standing ovation. He's just given a 72-hour filibuster in order to block legislation that would destroy the Grand Canyon and simultaneously proposed a bill that would protect the Grand Canyon. It has been so well received that it is declared that the entire country will now become a brand new Grand Canyon. And in that moment, Dynamite is detonated all across the country, extending the Grand Canyon from coast to coast and making the United States the greatest national park the world has ever seen. And with that, Richie, your quest is complete. Congratulations. You are now going to be etched forever in the Hall of Heroes. You are a brave man and a true conservationist. Do you have anything to say? before I whisk you back to your normal I'd just like to take this time life. to say that my record as senator has been incredibly successful and now I'd like to formally announce my run for president of the United States of the Grand Canyon bum, bum, ba-dum, bum, ba-dum, 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 Oh, I can't wait to see the campaign videos. Godspeed, Mr. God President. Speed you, Godspeed. Narrator. Poof, he's gone. With that, in a puff of smoke, I've made him disappear into a, into a poof of empty campaign promises. Thank you so much Thank to you. the wonderful mortal Richie Pepio for joining us on this segment. And now, we're going to take another break for a word from our sponsors. And when we come back... A very special interview with a very special hero of old. We'll be right back. 
Hello, everybody. This is Jauk Mango, here with Jauk's Magical Pigments. Uh, maybe you know me from slaying the mentecars, or uh, slaying uh, the ladies in 30 seconds as alluded to before. Uh, however, uh, my most notable invention being Gay Purple. Uh, we are here to announce two exciting new uh, visual flavors to our pigment line. One being a pansexual burnt orange and asexual uh, silvery gray. Now, asexual silvery gray not selling so well, not so popular. So very steep discount, 7.5% and you will not see anything higher from us. Thank you so much for your interest at the Jalk Mango's Magical Pigment Emporium, and we hope that you enjoy making many erotic pictures using our many magical pigments. Goodbye. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I hope that you enjoyed those messages, but you're about to enjoy what you're about to hear even more. For now, I shall conjure forth one of the greatest heroes in all of the Hall of Heroes for you to learn what it is to be a hero. Behold, as I conjure him forth, pow, pow, he's here. Welcome, welcome, brave hero. Please it is introduce I, yourself. Leslie Bearmouth, and I'm happy to be here, narrator. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure, believe me. I know I say this to all the heroes, but I am a big fan. A big, big fan. And I just want to thank you for taking time out of your busy, busy schedule to come and spend time here in my sanctum outside space and time. I hope I didn't interrupt anything. What were you in, the, in the middle of doing giving my Academy Award you? acceptance speech? It's, it's... It's been great. It's been uh, yes. great. Seriously. I, I just, I flew here from, I mean, your swirling void summoned me and, you know, boy, are my arms tired. But, uh... I, I have to ask, how, how far into the Academy Awards speech were you? A lot of people don't know this, but Leslie uh, holds the world record for the longest ever Academy Award uh, Well, speech. I thanked God, my agent, my entire team, Catherine... Hepburn, um, and uh, all the rest at Paramount and TriStar Columbia. Uh, but you know, it's 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 not the same as the golden age of Hollywood. But it's good enough to be here in this swirling uh, celestial fortress that you have. It's a wonderful place. It's really wonderful. That's interesting. So you know, people in the future will come to call the era in which you come from the golden age of Hollywood. But I did not realize that you also called it the golden age of Hollywood. You well, I knew, I knew I wanted knew. to be a part of it. It feel, it felt like a golden age. It felt like kind of a Babylon, if you will. You know, I mean, like uh, everybody you can imagine is there. Anybody who's anybody is in Hollywood. I can't imagine what the world would be like without these people. Spencer Tracy, Catherine, Kathy Hepburn, as I said before, Cary Grant. Montgomery Clift, uh, Elizabeth Taylor. But it is funny that you mentioned Babylon, as I believe that is uh, a movie that you're currently in production for, is it not? A uh, uh, grand historical yes, epic yes, called yes. Babylon. I play the mayor of Gomorrah, uh, and I'm in, a, I'm in a political race against the mayor of Sodom, and we get into a chariot race, but before we can celebrate in an orgy for all, for both cities, uh, we're smitten by the old Hebrew god who sends down a rain of fire on us. 
And boy, oh boy, are we in for a punch in the kisser if I ever saw one. Oh, I am a big fan of the film. Uh, for those listening at home, if you haven't seen it, it contains uh, two and a half hours of uncut footage of extras yes. being rained on by real fire. Uh, they just rained real fire down from the sky onto a group of unsuspecting They all got their waivers, well, so I think it was worth it for time. them in the long run. Uh, but if you haven't seen it, the movie, I think, in your time has been out 70 years, nearly. Roughly. Roughly, thereabouts, uh, depending on, on when people are listening to this. Uh, this podcast does also exist outside of time, so it thus exists right, right, in all right. time at the same time. I was just looking. You seemed like uh, you had. It seemed like you had so your biggest numbers of viewers in, in twenty twenty, and and yes, yes. Oh well, yes, of course. Right. That's when we really took off. Uh, so uh, people know you as yes. a, as a legendary Hollywood star, but a lot of people don't know that uh, in between making some of your greatest films, films like Babylon. Uh, Oh, the quest, the quest of, of, cats, of yeah. cats and uh, Katzenberg's Deli, right. uh, Katzenberg's Deli Two, and of course Katzenberg's Deli well, Three: Revenge. In between, in yes. between making all of these films, you uh, you embarked on something of a quest for, I believe it was the Holy Grail. Was yeah, well, actually, it was Amnesty International, but then we were uh, intercepted by the Knights Templar and. Uh, they held me hostage. I think I developed a kind of Stockholm Syndrome, and I felt like I needed to join them in their quest. So I did. I did. And it seemed uh, we, we had a jolly good time. We chartered a steamboat across the Nile, and I think we came close to, to finding a chalice of some kind. But unfortunately, our guide uh, walked into, he didn't kneel. He was supposed to kneel, uh, but he at the Temple of the Crescent Moon, and he oh, he walked no. straight in and oh, got his no. his old mug lopped right off by a radial arm saw that just came right out of that hallway. And uh, I really I only know how to spell Jehovah in the English oh, sense, so I I didn't know how to get my way in there. You came so right. close to finding that Grail, uh, but you did stick with the Knights they Templar. They produced several that, of my of my most famous pictures and went on a couple more quests. Yes. Uh, yes, of course. I mean, they were behind uh, your ill-fated right. uh, Casablanca Right, in, in that one, the Nazis win, uh, and nobody likes that. For many reasons. For many, many reasons. It was a bad, it was a bad, bad, bad call. We tried to do something different. I don't think the world, was, the world in 1944 was ready for that. So, uh, luckily, real life was very different. Luckily, luckily for us, we won the war. The Allies. Well, I, I do I do want to ask about those other quests yes. you went on with the Knights Templar because I do believe you also went searching for the Fountain of Youth, and now that one you actually found. Can you can you tell us a bit sure. about that well, quest? Well, first of all, I I, uh, I was speaking to uh, a knight. His name I, I I hate to drop names, but he ended up becoming what you might know as Saint Regis, and he really just would not stop talking about uh, mm -hmm. his old pal Ponce de Leon. And Ponce, if I can call him that, uh, mm. he thought he found something in St. Augustine. And for a while, we thought it was a fountain of youth. It ended up being a chocolate fountain, uh, but that had its own youthful properties, if I may say so myself. And, uh, and then eventually we did happen upon it, but 
Betty Davis drank the whole thing in one drop. She was quite a lush back in her, back in her pride. A real thirsty girl. Yes, I, I, I I'm familiar with this. Uh, and in fact, uh, shortly after drinking the entirety of the Fountain of Youth, I believe Betty Davis did declare herself Quetzalcoatl right. reborn and uh, took over the entirety of Well, in order to get her back America. to normal, we had to make and, her sweat uh, it all you out. And your... She did, luckily. Uh, and she died, luckily, too. Um, and, uh, I would imagine so. How, how was it that you were able to trick her so? What, what methods did you use to outsmart this, this well, living my god? charm, of course. I mean, this is a charm for the ages. All I gotta do is turn it on, and all the ladies swoon like I'm some kind of Rudy Valley. <laughs> Now I, I've heard tell that you 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 staged a, a fake award show, was it, and told Betty Davis that she had won a great award, and that was how you coaxed her to get closer. Well, Speak on I that. I called it because I called it the Everlasting Lifetime Award Achievement Award, and that was really the only way to get her to in mm. the building was to promise her that, and since she was the only one who had drunk it in one one binge uh, she was really the only one eligible so she showed up um, and then we performed a kind of you know a Hollywood exorcism if you will to really bring her back to normal her mm. ego never returned Hollywood exorcisms uh, for our listeners sake are a bit like regular exorcisms only instead of Bibles you use uh, uh, right. Old film canisters and dollar bills and uh, the power of box uh, office receipts compels like you. It really does. It really does. That de- depending on the ghost, they can be significantly more effective. So if if anyone is listening to this currently from a haunted house that you feel may be haunted by a starlet of old, I highly recommend a Hollywood exorcism in order oh. to cleanse yeah. the you'll, spirit. You'll, you're gonna need it. Now, I, I have to ask, what advice would you give to any struggling actors out there right now who wish to not only make it in the wide world of Hollywood, but also join the Knights Templar? As well, what, my, my story was a little different from, uh, from many others in that I uh, kind of happened upon uh, a, a thousand-year-old uh, religious cult organization which kind of helped jumpstart my career. Uh, if you are not lucky enough to get in with uh, a, a group of people, say uh, any kind of, maybe the Skulls or Scientology or, or even, um, I don't know, some kind of Eyes Wide Shut style sex cult, uh, really, all that I can recommend to you is um, it takes a little bit of luck, a little bit of talent, and a lot of who you know. So get to know a lot of people. And if you can find some kind of holy relic to help jumpstart the process, start looking. So you would say then that the path to stardom is lined with cults only. and it only is lined items. with that, yes. All roads lead that way yeah so it's it it every actor every actor even oh, Hugh Jackman yeah. himself Hugh Jackman all were were found through Hugh some Jackman sort of... I I have from a source that he uh found uh, a wonderful cannibal tribe um and they really helped uh give him a bit of a boost that they're the reason he got Wolverine 
I can see it. You know what? I can see it. It makes a lot of sense. He has the sort of cannibal culture. Tri- a tribe vibe. He's got a tribe vibe. About him from the few times. He's got a tribe vibe. He's got a tribe vibe from mm. the few times that I've met him. Uh, definitely. Well, I want to thank you so much for, for taking the time out of your Academy Award acceptance speech to to travel to another dimension and, and speak with us on, on what it is to be a hero. And do you have any last parting words for any aspiring heroes out there who you know, up to you? You know, every time I get on a stage, I feel like I'm getting a little closer to to God. But God is in all all of us, every one of us, if you let him in. Uh, and that's what I'm going to say to the people in, in the theater when I return to my corporeal form and thank them for the award they have mm. given me. Um, so, you know, just trust in yourself, baby. Trust in yourself. It's true. It's true. And in fact, any god can really be inside you, depending on which of these crazy sex cults you join. You have the opportunity so, of any guys. So shop around. You, shop so around. Don't settle on one when there. you can have fun, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Absolutely. You are a gem, as always. Now, before I let you go, I do have a stack of uh, 8x12s over there. I'd like you to sign. Uh, they're for some of my cousins. Uh, they're, they're big fans of your work. And, uh, you know, no pressure, but... Uh, <laughs> That's I am true. your one way out that of is here, true. and I would uh, really And if I want to really cha- travel it. through any of your scenic interstellar byways, I guess I don't want to. I don't want to shit on, shit where I eat, if that makes any sense. <laughs> well said, well said. Well, I'll leave you to your assigning worker. Just sign them uh, to to my biggest fan, and I'll take it from there. In the meantime, I want to extend one last thank you to this wonderful brave hero and and an even greater thank you to the mortal that joined us today for request mr richie peppio and of course a thank you to all of you listeners at home for listening and discerning what it is to be a hero because you see the real shining emblem is inside all of you listening at home you each and all of you have a hero inside of you waiting to be awoken That's what my aunt told me once when I visited her in the hospital. She told me that she believed that there was a hero in all of us, and I believe that to be true to this day. So thank you all for listening to another episode of Shining Emblem Gaiden. And remember, true courage is not the absence of fear, but the overcoming of it. And so I bid you adieu. Ah, 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 ah